Motopod, proudly supported by Roadskin, a UK label specializing in protective outerwear for motorcyclists. Modern biker clothing that you can wear all day long and engineered to save your skin. For the road, for life, visit roadskin.co.uk. Okay, everybody, I'm delighted. In fact, it's an honour, Hervey, quite frankly, to sit with a legend like you uh, and have a chance of a couple of questions. So thank you. It's been a busy day. Sprint race has just finished. Let me ask you, first of all, just generally with regards to 2023, it's been a, a really frustrating, disappointing season for pole. But on the other hand, what a great season for Augusto. How do you kind of sum up the two sides of that coin? Yeah, you sum it up really well yourself, you know. Uh... Clearly, at the beginning of the year, Paul Espargaro was, uh, before the season started, uh, the whole winter was telling us, uh, I want to be the captain. And uh, um, Augusto was the rookie. So it was clear, you know, the mission for Paul was to try to, you know, be together with Brad Binder and Jack Miller and uh, Augusto to learn. And then, unfortunately, uh, he had that uh, huge crash, crash, big injury. I can tell you that uh, he's still not 100% recovered. Will he one day recover? He is recovered to ride a bike, mm. but he's not the same. Yeah. He still has uh, difficulty to for the you know the last 10 laps of the race, especially when it's uh, hot like Thailand, Malaysia, Indonesia. And uh, so that was a huge shock. We lost our captain before the, the, the championship even started. So an Augusto became our man, uh, and for a rookie, it's not easy. But uh, I have to say he did really well. Mm. He did really well because the first, uh, I think, uh, I can't remember, but until uh, until Mizano, he scored point every single race. He was the only one with Di Antonio to have done that. Yeah. And uh, that was quite an achievement. That was honestly better than what we were expecting. Mm. And uh, Augusto is uh, not uh, somebody who is creating polemic, who is a uh, you know, bling-bling person. No, no who is, uh, no. Exactly. But uh, he's a hard worker, and uh, the progression he's had this year has been really amazing. The grid is so competitive this year, and uh, quite often he was in the top five fastest lap of the race. His handicap is the first two laps, the start, because he still has to learn quite a lot. But the speed is there, and I was very happy when uh, we all together with Pierre Mobility decided to keep him for another year. So this was great. And uh, on Paul's side, it's always disappointing to to have to retire when you don't decide yourself. Mm-hmm. This is what he told me. But deep inside himself, you know, he's a father, he's got two beautiful uh, daughters, uh, he's got a beautiful wife, he has a beautiful house in Andorra. So, I mean, life is sweet for him. It's not too bad. <laughs> not too bad. And also, I think he, he likes now the... It was a shock when he was told, but he likes uh, the mission he will have in uh, 24. Mm-hmm. Because he's going to be test rider, substitute rider, work for for the company and the guy from Pira Mobility uh, gave him uh, uh, the insurance that they will keep him almost forever, you know, yeah, like being an ambassador, ambassador or, or, yeah. a lot of things. So I think, you know, it's a soft landing, I would say, but uh, it's good. Yeah. Today was really, I mean, last night it was really sad because uh, he crashed in his qualifying lap. 
he would have been in Q2 and that would have been, you know, I think what he wants now and what he's dreaming of, but now he's only uh, only two races, is to finish on a on a good result on a high note. Yeah. But, you know, our lineup for 24 is uh, a dream lineup for me. Yeah. And just returning to Augusto one second, he was solidly the second fastest KTM in the sprint race that just happened there. Yeah, yeah, and the two laps to go, he did a 53.7, which was uh, the lap time uh, Martin and DJ Antonio were doing where they were leading. So yeah. again, the speed he has, the thing we got to work on is the aggressivity in the beginning of the race because uh, he was ahead of Brad at the, the start when he let the clutch off. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the lap, Brad was a uh, four or five position ahead of him. So, yeah, okay. and you don't learn that. I mean, you learn that, but it's not coming like that, you know. And uh, step by step, step by step. So yeah. we we know what. Our, our weak points with Augusto, and we're going to work on it. And I'm also very glad to have um, to have Pedro Acosta next year for many reasons, but also uh, because uh, they've been working together last year in Moto2, yeah. and they like each other, mm -hmm. and gonna, they are going to work with each other quite well and help each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, trust me, I think the whole world that, is, that likes motorbike racing cannot wait to see Pedro Acosta. Yeah, but I think you KTM. know we are we are very honoured. We are very proud. We know how big the expectation from Pedro himself yeah. uh, is, but we need to remember that he's 19 years old. He's a he's a rookie. He will be a rookie, and uh, okay, if he's on the podium race three, I would be you know very very happy. But sometimes I don't want the expectation to be too big because this is how you make mistakes. So yeah. we will see. But for sure, talking to him, you see, he's clever. And he's got ambition. Yeah, yeah. Now, talking more generally, I, I know you've probably talked about this on other podcasts before, but um, from the Motorpod listeners' point of view, I think it was quite interesting. When uh, Tech 3 was the Yamaha satellite squad, I'm interested in the difference now because it doesn't feel as if Tech 3 is now a satellite squad. It almost feels as if it's like a semi-works team. Is that correct? I mean, what's the feeling now working with a, a company like Pira Group? <laughs> I think, you know... When we, this is a, a question where you know I could take an hour to answer because I, have, I like it a lot because I've been working for this. You know, but I'm so not looking to not, um, cast shade onto Yamaha. No, no, no. At uh, look, we're sitting here at the hospital, so we had yeah. never. You know, we spent 20 beautiful years together. So yeah, yeah. No, but at some stage, the manufacturers doesn't matter if they were from Japan or Europe. They were seeing have a satellite operation like. We have to do it for the championship to have a proper grid, but uh, it's a weight, you know, it's a cost, and we're not really interested. And we had a, a bike that was a year and a half or two years old, and all what they were worried was to give us everything to finish the race, but they didn't really care about the performance we are doing. And then other manufacturers came, especially from Europe, and uh, understood the value of our of a one or more than one satellite operation to receive data, to receive different input from different driving style, to have also the possibility for the factory, because we've got less and less team for economical reason also, yeah. uh, team, sorry, test. And uh, if you've got eight riders like Ducati and you've got eight different items and you're one day test, each rider has got 
you know, something to test. And at the end of the day, Gigi Dalinia and his crew, yeah. they are analyzing and checking the feedback. So for sure, the progression is a lot bigger than when you have only two guys. Even they are very good. But to use the feedback, you need to have the same year bike and the same spec bike. Otherwise, this is... And the capacity to react, I suppose, as well. So, I think the European manufacturers, maybe Ducati the first, showed the interest to have satellite bikes with the same spec and with good riders on them. And then they more and more with the finger and now, for example, each manufacturer here is giving you know, uh, an incredible support to the satellite operations. Our riders are factory riders because Paul and Augusto are paid by the factory. Yep. Exactly the same kind of contract than the one from Jack and Brad. Same thing is happening with Pramac. Same thing is happening with uh, LCR, with Honda. Mm -hmm. So now all the manufacturers understood. And I think Yamaha is now understanding that it was maybe a mistake to let their teams go. And uh, now they are working on a, on a plan to have a satellite operation. Right. And when they will select a satellite uh, team to be their support team, for sure they will give them the same year. The, the riders will be contracted by Yamaha in order to have a proper four bikes involvement at, at the factory. Yeah. It is very important now if you want to compete. I'm not saying this is the only reason why Ducati is ahead, but this is part of the explanation. Yeah. And I'm very, very happy because we've been pushing, you know. I was very happy with Yamaha, but we are always <laughs> pushing them to say, give me the same bike than the factory team. Give me more parts, give me the latest evolution, give me a two years deal, help me to contract some riders that I can't pay. Help me. Yeah. And all what we've been pushing that were, were at this time almost impossible to dream of, this is now the situation. So it was worth pushing. Yeah, absolutely. Just talking about LCR, I was talking to uh, Chachanello earlier on today. And the question I asked him, well, two things. First of all, and maybe with your ERTA hat on, because you're president of ERTA, I was asking him the question about whether the discussion point around a cost cap is starting to come up in MotoGP. They have it in Formula 1, of course, because obviously we have a huge schedule now. So, um, there are different... For the independent teams, we have a, a cost cap for the lease fee. So now each manufacturer cannot lease their bike higher than a certain price. Okay. So this has helped us, and we have crash parts including also. So... The amount of uh, money we are paying to the manufacturers, Lucio, Grezini, Pramac, uh, all of them, yeah, Mooney, yeah. Uh, we pay the same, which is less than we are paying before. So this is helping us a lot to run our business and to foresee and to plan you know, yeah. uh, our season. Um, Okay, so this is but the not the overall this budget for running a team. For the team. Overall budget for running a team, I think it's pretty... We have a cost cap, basically, because uh, uh, the main cost that we didn't control before was the technical cost, but now it is inside this cost cap that I've told you, okay. and that is in the contract with the Manufacturer Association, together with Dorna, and this is also in our contract, so the, 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 the teams we know and the manufacturer, they know that they can't lease 
their product more than what did the first car. Regarding the manufacturers, we compared to Formula One, you know, we have a much simpler technical regulation. You know, we have a, uh, we cannot go too far in terms of development, and uh, this is what makes uh, the investment in our championship not too high. And this is why small in between bracket, with all respect, manufacturers like Aprilia, like when KTM joined at that time, mm -hmm. uh, could do it because the cost was not crazy. Uh, when you look at the Formula One technology and a, and a motorcycle and a MotoGP bike, there is a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. And this is why we don't want to enter in, in any kind of hybrid technology. This is why all the devices we have, although we have quite a few devices <laughs> on the bike, they are very simple. And they are not, uh, they are all manual. They need to be manual in order to keep yeah. the cost down, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think we are very far to face the problems of Formula One in terms of, of, of this cost. Because if you look at our bike, they are beautiful, but they are still quite in between brackets simple. Okay. And uh, we are working, you know, mm, Don has got agreement from FIM five years by five years. So we are now in a five years agreement, which is running from 22 to 26. Mm -hmm. So now we are working on the 27-31, which uh, is going to be um, different. And the manufacturers already prepared the new technical regulation. Okay. It looks like there is a consensus, a unanimity on 850 instead of 1000 cc. The engine capacity. So which CC? How? 80, 850. 850. Yes. Oh, okay. And uh, because we are now, you know, Brad Binder was 366.1 in Mugello. Mm -hmm. And uh, we know that now our bikes, all of them, huh, are 300 plus of power. 448 kilos, which is <laughs> insane, especially with all the device. You know, now the acceleration uh, is crazy. So we reach a certain limit and everybody is asking to slow down a bit so from 27 there will be it looks like the base will be 850 cc instead of 1000 and we will get rid of some devices we have on the bike so again the target is not create crazy inflation because the world cannot feed inflation at the moment we need to keep our feet on the ground and MotoGP philosophy has always been have high-tech bike, but more important than anything than the technology is the show. Yeah. And uh, I love motorsport, all of them. And I am I have a big respect and I follow F1, you know. So this is nothing to do like I mean I'm not going to say anything wrong about F1, but Verstappen starts on pole or from the pitch, he's gonna win. Yeah. And uh, the races are not as exciting. I don't want to say they are boring, but not as exciting as this one. No. And what makes this exciting is also the fact that everybody is so close. And now we are saying Honda and Yamaha are a bit lost. But look where Fabio and Mark, they were there. Yeah. They were in the in the heat of the of the battle. Yeah. So this is very close. And we need to keep that. So the worst thing would be to give more freedom to the manufacturers. And then the richest manufacturers is going to hire the best engineer, he's going to do more testing, and then he's going to be ahead. And he's going to 
you don't want gap. We need everybody on the same level, and yeah. then let's go racing, let's go fighting, and have the kind of show we have tonight. Yeah, this is what we want, yeah. and this is what we will try to keep. I know you can't talk in any specific detail, Hervé, uh, but um, are the new regulations also going to be designed in such a way that it might encourage an, another manufacturer to try but and we, enter the we, sport? We, we have that for many years already. This is called the concession. You know, when Suzuki came back after having left, when KTM joined, when Aprilia came back, yeah. they had concession. They are more. They have more engine, more tires, more testers, more fuel. So we always give concession advantages to the new manufacturers in order for them to catch the level of the guys who have been here for, for years. And, and it's been know. incredibly successful. Exactly. Look at uh, you know KTM, look at Aprilia, look at Suzuki. They were, they've been, you know, they were in the last three races where they were here. Yeah. So, no, no, we, we will keep the concession, but we want to keep our feet on the ground. Remember where the fuel cap is? Yes. We... Yeah, fuck. I'm tired. I, lo I lose what I'm saying. No, but, I mean, I mean, the target is, at the moment, we got five manufacturers. We were six. One left. It was a bit difficult to understand why they couldn't even really explain why but anyway this is their own decision and uh, uh, but any new manufacturers who would like to join they are more than welcome and we understand that we don't want them to face a wall that is too high to climb and them to say no we would like to come but it's too high or too difficult or too expensive so now we i think you know more than anything we need to have a great show and a great show is battle and uh, when you see that okay moto 2 was decided last week moto 3 is on will be decided at the last round normally yeah. unless something happen here and same, same moto gp yeah. which is fantastic yeah. and uh, and the battles are unbelievable you know you see uh, somebody who is almost nobody and who at the moment of the table ride is fighting for victory which is uh, Di Antonio yeah. um, now this is a great end we are at the moment with the possibility 50-50 to see a satellite operation winning the championship yeah. and this is because we've been fighting as I told you before yeah. and a few years ago it was impossible to imagine yeah. last question and again it's not a negative question it's one I asked uh, Lucio be negative just in terms of running the team and looking after all of your personnel, because uh, it's like a family, we're at 22 races next year. 44 starts. Are we at the limit of what is achievable with the teams as, as per the so, structure that they have you know, You know, the rights belongs to the Federation, okay? FIM. FIM is giving their right, five years per five years, to a promoter, which is Dorna. Um, there is a tender and Dorna has run the tender for many, many years. Once Dorna got the right, they enter in a talk to have an agreement with the manufacturers and the teams, which are making the grid, because their product, Dorna, is the grid. And the grid is bike, which is manufacturer, and teams, which is mechanic, technician, and rider. And on the contract Dorna offered us, in uh, 2021, 20, we were you know, discussing the contract from 20 to 
He said we, the championship can go up to 22 races. All of the manufacturer signed and all the team signed. I said, you know, Azerta. Yeah. And everybody agreed. And the last two years, you see manufacturers and teams that say it's too much, it's too much, too much, too much. But we've signed. Mm. So we know we will not go more because by contract, but we gave the possibility to the promoter to go up to 22. Mm -hmm. And this is what we have. Yeah. So the difference is when we signed, it was 22 events. And from last year, each event is to start, a sprint and a, and a GP. But you know, at the end of the day, it's always the same. What do we want? You know, when we had the seven, eight rounds, and that was called the World Championship only in Europe, <laughs> we, were, we were dreaming to, to go outside of Europe. We are dreaming to have more races on beautiful circuits. Yeah. Now we have more races. Now we go all around the world, except Africa at the moment. And uh, this is what we are dreaming of. But now that we are aware we were dreaming of 40 years ago or 30 years ago, we think, wow, it was a good old days before. So, so in other words, what you're saying is careful what you wish for. <laughs> exactly. But also, you know, if we used to be the Continental Circus, a bunch of hippies, then we're on the road, you know, with a van and a caravan behind, we're all stopping together by a lake, a guitar, the sausage and a fire. But this is almost true, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. that was fantastic. But nothing was paid, we had a little bit of money from the promoter when we were there, we were sharing and the, the world has changed. Now, my, I have 50 employees, I need to pay them all year long. We need to pay the traveling, we, we need to give them decent rooms, decent food, have a rent a car, fly, you know, so you need to have the money. Yeah. But you need to give the promoter the possibility to give us some money, which means you need to give them the possibility to go to the to the, prom the organizers of Grand Prix, to the TV channels, to, you know, yeah. uh, the possibility to make business. And we are sharing the profit that they are doing. Yeah. I suppose it's a delicate balance uh, at the it's end always, of the day. But this is always the same normal. in the life, you know. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, at the end of the day, my life has been crazy, you know, for 40 years. I, I have the luck to work with my daughter mm -hmm. because she's my press officer. But I can understand, you know, a lot of people have a family and it's too much and uh, the wife is complaining rightly. I'm not, uh, you know, the kids are missing, etc., uh, etc. Et but, you know, you got some people in, the, in business that are traveling more, you got people in the army, you got people in the, I don't know, you know, that, uh, what about the guy who go in the, uh, you know, in the station, uh, in, uh, in the space, you know, they, they spend a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. a year or two years. Yeah. So, depends what you want to do, you know, if you want to be home every night, why, why not? Great, but go to work at the, uh, in a bank, at the post office or in the railway, you know, why not? Yeah, yeah. But if you like this business, you must like being together, you must like traveling, and uh, again, it's always a question yeah, of yeah. Uh, balance. I suppose my question was, with the, you know, the amazing scale of this sport that we have now, and you know, 22 races, okay, as, as agreed, as a maximum, just you know, from the personal side, is the team coping you know, from, a, from a human point of it's view? It's difficult, and I can tell you I've lost three of my staff uh -huh. next year. 
they will not be here because one of them is wife is pregnant for the second time and she said enough. The other one has a new girlfriend going to get married. Et and I understand. But that's normal, I suppose. People I, come I and go. I respect, you know. Yeah. I respect, but you know, we we need to understand that. Uh, and also, you know, win competition with us. And for example, last year Kazakhstan was cancelled, and we had uh, almost six weeks break. And you know, the people who check the interest, you need to keep on going because if you had such a long break like this, people lose interest mm. and then forget about the future. And this is a modern world, you know. Not me, I haven't built that world, but we're in competition with so many other sports, so many other activities that if you fall asleep, people who are complaining, oh, the sprint is more work, is more adrenaline, is more pressure, is more potential crashes. Yeah, but if you keep the same format, same, they were the same people that were complaining when we switched from two stroke to four stroke. They were saying, oh, you killed MotoGP. MotoGP is too strong. No, it's not true. It was And uh, you need to adapt. And clearly, we could see that since we have the sprint, the Saturday attendance is a lot higher than last year everywhere. Very full grandstands everywhere. out there today. The TV figures are a lot better than last year on Saturday. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we don't want to talk only about spectator business, but this is part of the game because if yeah. we have no spectators, we have no TV, we have no sponsors. Finished. Finished. Yeah. So, you know, it's, again, it's a compromise, it's a balance. Yeah. We care about our people. We want to give them the best possible life, but you cannot tell them, you will do the world championship, the MotoGP World Championship without traveling. This will be a lie. Yeah. Last question, hopefully a little bit more light-hearted one, because you used to race yourself back in the day I'd yes yes it's, it's not so easy to find a biography about your racing career and so no, no 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 because level. you know i have been uh, okay i went um, i was i was completely mad about bike and i was riding bike uh, when i was a teenager and i, I was i was fast compared to my friends <laughs> and one day i said to my parents i'm gonna race and then uh, they told me never because my mother thought he's gonna race he's gonna die and it was a, a huge fight. And I thought, okay, I've got to do something. And uh, my mother tried to convince me, don't wait, don't wait. If you want to be in the motorcycle business, you need to learn English, maybe you can become a journalist. And because I had so much uh, respect and admiration for my mom, I followed her, I said, oh, and then I went to live in London. And, and I lived for a year and a half in London with my 400 triple uh, two-stroke Kawasaki. I enjoyed a lot. I was going to see all the races around London, uh, Brands Hatch, Mallory Park, Holton yeah. Park, all these races. And uh, I was I was mad. But that helped me to learn English quite well. And I came back and I found a little job to find some money. I left my parents' house and I had my own flat and I started to race. And I raced at the local level and uh, I won a racing school. I won the, my first championship. I was on the next in international championship we are calling. And I was um, leading that championship. And I was supported by Honda at that time. And the big boss of Honda came to see me at the end of the season and said to me, I need you. And I thought, uh, as a factory, factory, as a supported rider. Yeah. And uh, he asked, come to see me and he offered me a job to be his assistant. And I was shocked I didn't want to do it because I thought I was going to be world champion. <laughs> But then I was struggling, you know, no money, blah, 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 blah. I was, I was having a, a tough life. And if you want to 
grow in the in the racing, you need to have at least a little bit of money. You need to, to pay a mechanic to pay the traveling, and I was really bad. So I've been thinking a lot, and I thought maybe if I go to do be his assistant, which was a good position he was offering me, maybe I can bounce back as a racer. I do it for a year, and I don't tell him. And uh, <laughs> yeah. that was a bit my strategy. And then I went there, so I stopped racing for a year. Uh, I was still doing a few races, but and uh, and I fell in love with the job, and it gave me much more responsibility in 1982. I was traveling to Japan and at that time it was a real adventure mm. and it was like dream country because motorcycle was Japan at that time only and uh, slightly slowly I forgot about being a racer because I was more and more enjoying because I was in the heart of the it was RSC before being called HRC mm -hmm. and I was there when they built HRC created HRC I was with Freddie Spencer, all these guys, and then there was a beginning a bit a few years later, you know, uh, I did the Dakar, I did the motocross, so I did a lot of things and I I was still racing a little bit, but I was more into the management and yes. I, I enjoyed a lot, so yes. maybe I could have done a, an average career, I don't know, I don't want to be pretentious, <laughs> but... Um, you know, Lucio did more than me, but we're doing the same now. Yeah, yeah. And he spent more time on the on the racetrack than me. But at some stage in your, you have why you have crossword, and you need to decide to go left or right. Well, they call and, sliding uh, doors. I don't yeah. know. Maybe if I would have kept on racing, I would have been missing the opportunity I had, and I would be now working in the bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, or, or maybe I would have been world champion, who knows? I don't the, know. The reason for asking about your racing time was because the, my sort of signature sign-off question that I like to ask certain people, uh, such as yourself, is if you could, let's say, either ride the bike yourself or see your hero uh, ride a bike, any bike from history, race bike, on any track from history, what would be your dream combination? Either you're riding it or you're... you're, you're uh, the person you supported the most. So, what would be my favorite bike to ride? Yeah, on on which circuit? Doesn't have to be a current circuit. It could be one that doesn't exist anymore. I'll tell you what Lucho told me. His answer was the NSR 500 at Mugello, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Herve is giving us a lot of thoughtlessness. Yes. <laughs> ah, it's a very difficult question. Yes, it is. Very, very, very difficult question. Maybe if I bump into you in the paddock tomorrow, you've had overnight to think, I'll ask you again tomorrow. And that's my one question for tomorrow to Let's you. Let's do that. Yeah? And think about another one that we'll have to. Another question? Yes, tomorrow. Okay. I can always ask questions. And Thank you, sir. You know, there are so many bites, you know. And, yeah, uh, it's difficult. But the thing is, when I started to do what I was telling you I, I did in the early 80s, I've been testing bikes and I was doing the tests with the riders because I was... Now, the older you get, the more you understand that the level of these machines, if you go on it, it's like... Another world. Yeah, you got to be... I remember because many years ago, we were doing a journalist test at the end of the year. So after the last Grand Prix, the journalists that were thinking they were fast, they were given the possibility and they looked, 
They look so bad. They look so slow. Oh, yeah, I can and imagine. I thought, my God, maybe I'm going to look like that. So I'm never going to do it because I will look completely ridiculous. <laughs> Did you ever ride? Well, maybe a, maybe a 500 or you know one of the Grand Prix bikes or. I, I, I rode a. 500 to stroke Yamaha, oh, yes, right. in Le Mans, okay. in Le Mans, I remember. Uh, it was the Gaulois Yamaha uh, from uh, Christian Saron, Patrick Pons at that time. Oh, yeah. Uh, Marc Fontan also. Uh, I rode a lot. I rode the factory endurance Honda at that time. I rode the Paris Dakar bike, the NXR that was winning so many races, I don't know. I rode a lot of uh, factory motocross bike. Uh, uh, but I never rode a MotoGP. Okay. What would you ride one if you had the opportunity to take? Honestly, know... I would like to do two, three laps. But just to ride, to get the feeling to say, fuck, I've, I rode a MotoGP bike. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sure I wouldn't enjoy myself because <laughs> I'm not at the level anymore. Yeah. You know, it's too much. So if I would have to choose to ride a bike here, I would take a Moto2. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Because this is more something that you can master. I don't want to say I will master it because I'm not at the level of Pedro Acosta, but it's more human. Yeah. The other one is not human. Like a spaceship. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, even top riders, you know, when they have their winter break, they go on it, they say, fuck, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hervé, you're an absolute legend. Thank you so, I, I, I will think, I will think yeah. about the bike, but I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. It's a tough question. Yes, because, you know, everybody thinks we are going to say MotoGP, but I think I will have much more fun to be on a, now, not, not uh, 30 years ago, on a 600 Super Sport, because this is flex, you know, this is a production bike. Yeah. You are, we with the level we are, and I could be much more competitive than on a MotoGP bike where... But if you say, I dream to go on an, on an R6, people will say, hey, fruitcake, <laughs> he's, he's lying, this guy. Yeah. I'm going to think about it. I will yeah, tell okay. You. All right. Well, for now, Hervé, thank you very much, because it's quite late in the evening. My pleasure. Yeah, I'm dead. And, um, I'm dead. I'm dead. Yeah. And my daughter is waiting for me. Yes. Thank you very much, and we'll and maybe I'm see you tomorrow. And I'm sorry to, to keep you waiting. Tomorrow, it's always to... worth waiting for you. <laughs> thank you very much. We'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Cheers. <laughs> no, I've been thinking. About okay, yeah, we're, we're back. So, uh, yeah, we're back. I've had we're a back. night to think we're about back. my question. I'm a little bit, uh, my, my brain is a bit clearer. Ah. No, but the answer is not now. Is if I would be, if I would be fit enough to ride a racing machine, mm -hmm. which I'm not anymore. I mean, I'm fit to do a lot, but you know, all all our life we've been dreaming of better machine, more power, better handling, better brake better aero blah 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 and what we have in 2023 is so far the ultimate development of what we've been doing pushing and i think if you love racing if you love performance if you love uh, yeah performance in every department i would take the best current bike which is okay. i would take peco's bike okay <laughs> on which circuit I think I, I would do. I, I would like Mugello because you got to beat everything in Mugello. Yeah. The speed is is amazing. This is the fastest ever speed that has been done with MotoGP. Is this year with Brad Binder 366.1. Yeah. So this is a track where you go fast, where you got hard braking, you got fast corners. So yeah, in my dream, That's the I would like to be on the <laughs> GP23 
a red GP23 in uh, in Bulgaria. I mean, red, red or purple. Yeah. A GP23. It's a great answer and an interesting one that you take a current track and a modern bike. So nobody else has answered that way before. No, 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 no. no. no, no. no because I, I think I, I was going to to say Portimao because Portimao is a crazy track. The first time I went there, I said you cannot you cannot ride a motorcycle bike there. Yeah. Also, when I heard that Formula One was there, I said you cannot ride a Formula One. And then. The guy in MotoGP and Ferran, I talked to them and they told me, wow, we had fun on that track. But I think uh, Mugello is, uh, is uh, you, have, you have more everything. And then, as I told you, Lucio uh, yeah. came up with Mugello as well. If there was one, I don't want to be nostalgic, so I want to okay. have the best of the best today. If there, and if we go to 850, you know, maybe this bike will be like the Group B in Rally, you know, yeah. or, or in Formula One when the engine was 1200 horsepower, you know, something like that, crazy. Yeah. More and more, we don't get that anymore. So yeah, because may, we don't... maybe in 2027, we will be Calm 50 down. horsepower down. Or yeah, we don't want to lose Mugello and some of these classic. Well, no. even Portimao. I mean, we're seeing the accident that Paul had this. Yeah, year. yeah, but it was not uh, only. Yeah, anyway, accident can happen everywhere. If, uh, final question: If there is one modern, you know, track that could be used for modern day MotoGP, what, which track would you like to see come back onto the calendar if you had a, a choice? A track that was in the MotoGP Championship, and or, or one that would be suitable for MotoGP, say from a homologation point of view. If there would be one track, uh, 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 one which is not on the current calendar. Yes. I, mean, I would like, for example, I would like to see maybe Istanbul Park back on. Or, oh, or... I was talking to Toprak yesterday. I would love to go to Istanbul, yeah. but it's a quite a modern track. It's not. It was fantastic. And I, I talked to Kenan Sofoglu yesterday, I said, when do we go back? But apparently Erdogan is not a big fan of motorsport, is what he said. So, yeah. no, Istanbul, for sure, he, he was an amazing circuit. What else? Kyle Army? No, it's too dangerous. It's too dangerous. Uh, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> what have we lost? I suppose I was going to say Imola, but that's even more dangerous, probably. Imola, I loved it, but not there not is no way we can. Uh, yeah, I would love to go there, but it's no. You you remember what happened to last course, and even the current WSPK rider saying, "No, we can't go, go there." Okay, so maybe the maybe the answer then is that we have the best combination of tracks on the calendar. No, but currently, currently uh, clearly Istanbul is a track we miss. And a country we miss also, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, well, given the emergence of the Turkish ah, riding talent, yeah, we. I was missing Aragon, but we have it back because I, I love Aragon also. Yeah. And uh, no, I don't see so many more. I think we already have twenty two. Yeah, yeah, it's enough. <laughs> and. Uh, Polarica would be interesting, I would like, but at the moment it's not, uh, you will never have the grade A for safety. What's your opinion about Manicor? No. Not like it, I mean it's very isolated geographically. Yeah, it's a very well. isolated, but Buriram is isolated, uh, you know, you've got a few uh, that are isolated. But the layout itself is, is okay, it's acceptable when you see, but it's nothing magic. Yeah. Uh, I always enjoy watching the World Superbike races from there. I don't know why. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's not too bad. But Le Mans was uh, before seen as a very not exciting uh, track. But every year we have more and more people, mm. and every year we have great racing there. Yeah. So incredible crowd this year. Wow, three hundred. Yeah. yeah, we had uh, yeah I think two eighty on the three days and one. Uh, 
120 on race day, which is a record. If only we could have something similar at Silverstone. Yes, but you have it for, for Formula One. So it's a question of the marketing, it's a question of the, the guy runs it, the our car people. Yeah. So. No, but another track. Uh, fuck, I forgot that was. Uh, I can't. I can't ask you to think about this one overnight and talk to you tomorrow because we're not here. No, 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 no. no but uh, where did we go? Uh, where we don't go anymore. No, my memory has gone blank. Suzuka. Suzuka. Oh, of course. But same story. Yeah. Since Kato, you know, lost his uh, life there, but it's a beautiful circuit. Yeah. You know, it was one of the circuits with Suzuka, Philip Island, that were always the first of the riders. But Suzuka would be beautiful to go back there. And even some GP riders have done the, the, the eight hours, or when they're testing, they say, wow, what a great circuit. Mm. But Maybe one day, who knows, day. if they can improve some it's safety. It's the end of Honda. Yeah. At the moment, they are happy like that. The Formula 1 in Suzuka, MotoGP, MotoGP. But if they would like to, to do something, we could go back. I'm sure nobody would be complaining. No. Thanks, Abe. Good luck today. Thank you. All the best. It was a good day. Yesterday. Cheers. Thank you.